before your throne. We come in this moment of need again to obtain grace and find help at your throne. We thank you because you're already here. Your spirit is already here, preaching, turning, convicting, converting, forgiving, embracing, and comforting us. We thank you. Today we ask that let your word come and let it cause us to find our way into you again. We love you so much, God. We have obtained so much mercy from you, and we will yet obtain more. We love you, Lord Jesus, for your sacrifice, and your sitting at the right hand of your Father, interceding and advocating for us. Thank you because you liveth forevermore to do the work of a great, faithful, and merciful high priest. We give you praise this morning. Holy Ghost of the Father, Holy Ghost of the Kingdom of God, we love you, we thank you, we are adoring you and we are drunk and taken by you. Thank you, thank you so much. This beautiful Godhead, whom we don't deserve, yet have called us into their fellowship. We give you praise this morning. We adore you and we hallow your name. Let your name be praised this morning. Come again to us as you would. We'll take you, we'll receive you, we'll love you, and you will receive pleasure from us in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father. We give you praise. We adore you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Can we just celebrate the Lord this morning? Is God worthy of our praise? Is he worthy to be exalted? Is he worthy of your praise? That's the Lord. We're, we're celebrating him this morning. We're celebrating his mercy, his love, his glory. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Who's happy to be here this morning? What a wonderful day. Praise God. Praise God. Um, I just want us to appreciate Pastor Jimmy. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank God for you. Thank God, thank God. People are growing, people are growing, people are changing, and we thank God for it, amen. amen. Isn't it worthy of celebrating the Lord and thanking God when you see your brother growing and increasing and the fragrance of Jesus is resting and people are starting to look like heaven. It's worthy to give God praise for. It, it's Pastor Jimmy, huh? you meet people and they're, they're, you're like, what kind of person is this? Like you were a force before, now you are a movement. <laughs> you, are, you are something going somewhere to happen. <laughs> we thank God. God is faithful. Thank you for that word. Thank you. You know, 
we should fear God. We should fear God. I was thinking so much about today. I was like, what does the Lord want to say? How, you know, like, what is it? And several times while he was talking, I got because he took from my own nose. And that's how I know. You know, my husband said something to me that there is a spirit in this place. You know, so if anybody has the rare privilege to be standing here for whatever reason, there's a spirit that speaks from this place. It's not because, have you come to hear any of us? Like, what can a wretch like me say to another human being? Nothing. Nothing. But it's because of the Lord, you know, and the work that he's doing in his people. But more than that, more than the people that stand here, it's about his commitment to his own work on the earth right now. And that's why constantly word is coming from here. Don't think about it. Like, how, how does somebody have two and a half hours of message to preach twice a week with a full-time job? How, how do you do that? You don't. You can't. It's not done. It can't be done. So it will tell you that there's something divine happening here. And thank you for um, reminding us the kind of attitude we have to have you know, to profit from what the Lord is doing. And thank you for yielding and not shrinking back because I know it's, your heart was spinning you, right? Did you sleep last night? I didn't sleep. Did you sleep? Nobody sleeps when they have to come here. You know, so thank you. Thank you for blessing us. Um, praise God. Hallelujah. And I just want to uh, thank the Lord of my life. Yes, I said Lord. <laughs> He's the Lord of my life. He's, He's my everything. Um, Pastor Jeff, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for being a husband man, indeed. Thank you for taking a tiny little girl and making her a girl that will become a woman, <laughs> you know? Thank you, thank you so much for the commitment and the willingness to change and listen to the Lord and for dying, that's the word. Thank you for dying, day in, day out, week in, week out. Thank you for dying so that I'll live. Thank you, because you've died, I'm alive and I, and I have a relationship with this great God because of you. And, and you know that might sound weird. No, you have a relationship with God because of Jesus. It's true. It's true. But how would I have seen anything? How would I have understood anything the Lord was saying? And how would I have had the heart to believe the Lord's word if I didn't see somebody who would die so that I will believe, you know, in spite of weaknesses and shortcomings and faults and flaws and stubbornness, continuing to push the way the Lord does with us. So thank you for marrying me <laughs> and thank you for not leaving me. And I mean that in every sense of the word. Thank you for not leaving me. Thank you for taking my mess and, and being committed to the Lord taking glory. Thank you, I love you so much. And all of us here, we celebrate you and we love you and we miss you. And we eagerly await your coming back home. <laughs> and 
emphasis on eagerly. <laughs> we love you, thank you, and we wish you safe journey back home with lots of Maltesers and Megvities in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Don't beg me, you're laughing at me now. <laughs> then they will come to my house, is it finished? It's finished. <laughs> Praise God. Thank God for everything that has, you know, been said so far. Can you guys please appreciate yourselves? It's actually true. You guys. <laughs> it's not easy. It, it feels like, you know, sometimes when somebody comes here, they just bring sword. It's like, oh, can't you see the progress that we have made, actually? Like, I'm not who I used to be, you know? <laughs> have mercy, you know, and at least encourage somebody. Be encouraged. Every single person in this room is a testimony. You know, there was a day in SOS when I sat down. I looked across the room, I felt so much love for everybody. I will look here. If I see Betsy or I see Fee, like I will look here. I just was in love. I said, how can I be here with these kind of people who like, I just want to love this God. And I just, you know, Jesus said it. He said, if you love the father and you do his work, then you're my brother, you're my sister, you're my mother. I felt sibling love for you guys like more than my own siblings. I'm telling you. <laughs> I felt so much love. I love, I love every person. And if I, a human being, with my infirmities can feel that way, how much more the Lord? So when the Lord comes to us with what feels sometimes like sword, it's not because he's not, he is ignorant or not celebrating the victories that he's wrought in us. It's because like they say, waka still plenty, you know? But maybe I should sound an encouragement this morning that we are changing, we're moving, God is helping us, you know? And I know it because God is too faithful that he will reap precious fruit from this company yeah. by his own mercy in Jesus' name. So guys, appreciate yourselves. You guys are wonderful. The sacrifices and the labor to be here, to actually listen, you know, and try and work out what the Lord is saying is not easy. And it's not to be taken for granted that you, you wake up on a Saturday morning when in a wretched world, this is the time to be in yourself. Saturday morning is me time. And to say that there is a God somewhere who's worthy of my Saturday morning, ah, that alone means that you're a different kind of breed. And you know, let me tell you something about this Saturday morning. It's not ordinary because life meetings, for example, could, it could happen any other day of the week, any other time. Why would the Lord demand Saturday morning? Haba. There's laundry to be done. Yes? Food for the week to be cooked, groceries to be done, shows to be caught up on, hair to be washed, hair to be done at the salon, you know? online shopping to be, there's so much to do and so little time. So why would the Lord demand four hours? That's the, the Lord is watching that thing. It's a, it's, a, it's a requirement of heaven for the people in this particular company, you know? That demand, the Lord will reward it later. Yes, he will. And you know what, the thing is, for you to reorganize your life because of the Lord, like the things I would have done on a Saturday morning, for me to say, God, you're worthy of, you are getting wisdom that is from above. You know that that's the way that wisdom comes to us. Sometimes we expect that, okay, as Solomon was sleeping, Lord, come to me, then tell me, tell me that you have chosen me, so now you'll be wiser than, it's not that. 
What is the wisdom for living in a perverse and crooked generation and to be saved? It's something like, give me your Saturday morning and you'll change. See God. It's not ordinary. It's not ordinary. So while it pains you and it's, and it's taxing on the body, because also Saturday morning is for sleeping in, why would I wake up every day of the week at, for those that work from home, maybe 8 o'clock or 9.50, no, 8.50? <laughs> Barely brush your teeth, just... <laughs> you know? Why? And then on Saturday morning, at least, person feel like dancing 10, 30, 11. You know, and then you call your friend, Alpha, Bisho is there, let's do things. That's one way, and that's one world, where there's another way, and there's another world. And the Lord is not, how did Paul say it? He can see the labor of love, you know, and he rewards, the thing about the Lord, when you give him one, when he wants to give you back, he gives you in millions and billions. Is it time that you're sowing? When you're dealing with a maker who is not bound by time, he's not in time. Not like time meaneth nothing in his realm. The kinds of things that he's going to give you are from a realm where time does not mean anything. So what kind of reward is that? Because I give him my time. Think about it. <laughs> Jot down notes that this God, God, he's worthy to be trusted. Paul would say that this is a faithful saying worthy of acceptation. Think about it. He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And he doesn't give, um, he doesn't give tit for tat. Yes. If you give God a word, he will give you an encyclopedia in return. Yes. Yeah. So he's, and he's, he's not like us. <laughs> so good job for being here this morning again. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Who's been blessed so far since SOS? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. How did everybody find Wednesday's meeting? Where people, did you go home sad? I know some people were sad. And there were questions in our hearts as well, you know. Maybe some things um, were left. Um, and you know, sometimes time is not enough. Some things were not fleshed out completely, but don't worry, trust God. And that's kind of, um, this morning, you know, maybe looking a bit at the kind of attitude we have to have. Um, I'm just going to segue from where Pastor Jimmy stopped because that's exactly what I want to, you know, that's what's been in my heart to just kind of share about. You know, when we don't understand things or, or um, there is darkness around matters, you know, how we ought to respond. Amen. 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 Uh, you, you quoted a scripture that was talking about deceitful loss. Where is that from? When you're talking about the hardness, hardened, <laughs> deceitfulness of sin. Deceitfulness of sin, yes. Where is that scripture? Yes, praise God. I read this actually on Wednesday. So Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22, right? So on Wednesday, I guess just to reiterate or to recap a little bit, I was talking about um, worlds, right? Um, going off of Pastor Thompson. <laughs> Thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> you know, talking about worlds, uh, the world that the soul of men dwell in, right? Which is this present world. And this present world has different worlds inside because there's the world of the learned man. There's the world of the barbarian. All inside this world, yes. There's the world, there's the world of the people that think they are meek. Yes. There's the world of the ones who are actually outrightly arrogant. It's, it's all packages that the enemy has made, yes, for, for men in this world. There's the world of the, of the, as the scripture says, prudent and the world of princes. And there's the world of the poor. Everybody, as long as you're a human being, not in the world of Christ and God, you are dwelling in a world, you know, no matter your estate and so. We're trying to see, um, uh, we're trying to use Jesus as an example of an overcomer and, and somebody who was able to, in spite of being in this like physical world and exposed to the world that the enemy has created, was able to be transported into another world and have fellowship because we talked about also how when you're in a world, you're having fellowship with the beings of that world. And so Jesus was you know, translated or he grew up into another world. He grew up and was begotten of the Father into another world. Amen. 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 And then we were seeing some of the things that keep us bound in the world that we find ourselves and why it is possible to be exposed to doctrine and revelation and what seems like manifestations of the Spirit of God and yet not be changing or not find path into the world of God. This morning, PJ has said to us about, and he used the word faithfulness so many times. Faithfulness, faithfulness, faithfulness. What is faithfulness? There are two things. I think faithfulness is sometimes when you see the scripture, it, it, it suggests both definitions at the same time. Because the Bible says, Paul said it, that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So he's talking about faith, like having that kind of faith as a posture of heart. You know, that in, in the face of not having evidence for the things you're hoping for, you maintain a posture that is responsive to the Lord. You maintain a posture that, that believes the Lord's words, right? The other thing I think faithfulness means, which is suggested when you see that word faithful, he, he is faithful that call because God is faithful in that he has faith. And, but he's faithful in that he's a committed being. Like when you say, oh, a faithful spouse, a faithful worker, what does that mean? It means somebody who is committed to a particular cause, who does not waver, you know? And that was the problem with the guy with the talents, right? He did not have commitment to the work of the person who gave him that talent. That's what we see, right? So faithfulness and I think it is good for us to look a bit at that this morning about, of faith. The gap between a person who profits, who's profiting up here, is like we learned on Wednesday, you know, talking about 
give attendance to doctrine, give attendance to reading, uh -huh. give yourself wholly to these things that your profiting might appear unto all men. What's the difference between a person who profits with doctrine and revelation and a person who is wretched while listening to the same thing? Because the scripture says that, that in that day when the Lord will come, there will be two sleeping in the bed or walking, walking in the field and one will be taken and one is not. And the way they, they said that too is that it almost suggests that those two are constantly together. Yes, like best friends or brethren or a husband and a wife. And one will be taken and that taken, you know, we can think of that scripture in terms of like rapture. A rapture came, then one was caught up, but he's caught up in the soul. One is ascending into the mountain of the Lord, and one is remaining in a place. So what is the difference between the guy who in the presence of plenty is losing weight and will soon die, and the person who is being made fat and feasting on fat things? Say faith. 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 Amen. Let's read um, 1 John. First John chapter. <coughs> John chapter two. No, first John chapter five. Praise God. Okay. So I'll just read from verse three, then maybe I'll I'll end in a verse So, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. And how did we say we come into worlds, right? If you want to just bring it down to a basic definition, you know, if you keep my commandments, I will love you, and the Father too will love you, will come and will make our abode with you. It means you have fellowship with us, and somehow you find yourself in our world by commandment keeping. Abby, that's the scripture. So think about how they wrote the scripture. For this is the love of God. What is the love of God? You can say the love of God is God having mercy on me. The love of God is me being, I don't know what, what do we think the love of God is? There's one definition. This is the love of God that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not grievous. For whatever is born of God overcometh the world. Praise God. Amen. Overcometh the world, right? <laughs> and, he and he's just here like, yeah. <laughs> Praise God. Thank you. You know, overcometh the world. That's the world that we presently find ourselves in, right? And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Amen. Even our faith. Even our faith. Tozer, A.W. Tozer, a while ago, I read one of his books, and he's, he defined faith as the soul's response to God. Is what? The soul's yes. To God. Faith is the soul's response to God. Faith is a lot of things. If our faith is the victory, what is victory? Victory is not 
the way they say victory in that, in this scripture, is almost like our faith is the victorious, is the victorious, like culmination of victorious events that eventually overcome the world. That's how I'm seeing it. Because if you say faith is the victory, is it just one victory? Is it that just because I have faith right now, then I'm victorious and I've overcome? No. Faith is a combination of constant victorious happenings until overcoming happens. The beginning of faith to overcome the world is sight. Then hearing, then walking, then living and being. And there are several scriptures to back this up because we live by faith and not by sight. When you say that, it means that faith is a type of sight. Yes. <laughs> interpret, interpret. <laughs> faith is the way you see the world you want to go to. Do you know that you can be hearing doctrine, but a world is not being painted to you because the world is not being mixed with faith in them? Yes. So a person can be stuck with an evil heart of unbelief, departing from the living God in spite of doctrine. It's true. So, you know, the Bible says that you have to check yourself and make sure that you are in faith. Because just because you are listening to something does not mean that you are in faith. And the way this thing is, uh, to, I don't know why they didn't use another word. Why would you say faith? Couldn't you, couldn't you say whatever is born of God overcomes the world and then this is the grace that overcomes the world? Why, why can't you say this is the mercy that overcomes the world? Or even the love because faith, hope, and charity. And charity is the greatest of them. And charity will abide. Why would you say that faith? is the victory. It's because faith is the foundation for anything you are going to do in God because without faith it is impossible to please God. And that's pleasing at different dimensions and different phases of the walk. Without faith, you cannot see a world being painted to you. And if you are not seeing a world painted to you, you can never hope for that world. And if you don't hope for that world, you can never walk so that you will enter into that place. Well, let me say here that how does faith come? Because it's like, okay, ah, so that means I need faith. Though. <laughs> what is the ground zero for a person having faith? What is the, okay, so I'm, let's say I'm the person in this room now. I'm, I'm realizing that ah, it's like it's my faithlessness that's worrying me. Since all these years, so Lord, how do I begin to have faith? The first thing you have to do is to be meek. Is to be what? Is to be meek. Is to wear a cloak of humility. Because faith cometh by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. Hearing comes by the word of God. But for faith to come while I'm hearing the word of God, that's that first hearing because faith coming by hearing, do you know what it means? It literally means hearing. It literally means you're like sitting down where 
word is being spoken. And you're hearing and hearing and faith cometh. And hearing by the word of God. Because one day you'll hear the word of God. Amen. Yeah. Amen. You might be sitting in a meeting week in, week out, year in, year out. You're not hearing the word of God. You're just hearing. When faith lands, you will hear the word of God. And it is they that hear the word of God that hear the voice of the Son of Man that will come out of the grave. Do you now see why it is not guaranteed that because you're hearing week in, week out that you are being called out of the grave by the voice of the Son of Man? It's because the second hearing is not happening. And that second happening will never happen if the word is not being mixed with faith in the heart. Amen. Is this making sense? Amen. So... This is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? Amen. 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 Let's open our Bibles to, let's see the book of, there are so many scriptures that we could go to. So I said that faith is the way we what we see, right? And faith is the way one begins to hear the word. Let's go to Romans chapter 1. Sorry, I'm also going to look for a scripture in 2 Corinthians that I thought was appropriate. Praise God. People bear with me if I have a long pause because I'm not Pastor Jeff. <laughs> I'm here trusting God, you know, trusting God to have mercy on all of us so that we'll be blessed. Amen. 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 Let's see, Second Corinthians. Yes. Actually, you know what? You keep your hand in Romans chapter 1. Let's read Hebrews chapter 3. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. So, the children of Israel, they are in Egypt. No, their taskmasters are increasing the heat every day. <laughs> you know, things are getting, I mean, they are troubled on all sides. <laughs> she, what, what does that scripture say? That we are, we are pressed, we are but yes, not abandoned, struck down but not destroyed. They were struck down and destroyed. There was not like hope there, you know. It was it was pure misery. And then the Lord hears their cry and then he says, you know, my servant Moses comes in burning bush, all these kind of things. This is so great. You know, Moses go to Pharaoh's, the roads are turning to snakes, swallowing these guys, it's like wow, these guys are the baddest guys I've ever lived. Your musicians they suck. <laughs> You know, let my people go. No, never. Okay, I'll let them go. Eventually, <laughs> they come out. Um, Lord says, I'll, you know, take you through the Red Sea, all these kind of things. I mean, children's first bones were dying. Water was turning into blood. All kinds of crazy things are happening. I mean, like, this is firsthand raw power. Say power. Power. <laughs> Like, guys, if you see what I turned to blood, won't you believe God? But you know it's a lie. Do you know that after two weeks, you'll be like, is that all? Turn the blood to a... 
turn it to fuel, <laughs> then I'll believe you. <laughs> These people, they saw the hand of God. They saw the power of God first. And it's not that somebody was telling them that, oh, the Red Sea parted. It's that they were there. You use your two legs to walk in the midst of sea. So, say soul is funny. Say soul is carnal. Soul under sin. Do you know that a faithless heart, it doesn't matter what God does. And that's why, do you know that? Do you know, do you know what the standard of the New Testament is so much higher and better? Where the Lord doesn't come in those kinds of things. Because he knows that even if he came to you in a vision, I am Elohim, the God of your father, Ngozi, um, uh, Amarachi, and Osiago, the God of your forefathers. Hear ye this day the word of the Lord. Do you know that you will not still believe him? People think, oh, no, I wish I lived back in the day of the Old Testament where the Lord did things, where he can touch me, where I can see ladder ascending and descending, the all this kind. Do you know that you're lying? That this soul will find a way not to believe God. Yes, and I even think that this is our present generation. Where was the Israelites? <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's true. Because the men in, the, in that time were more saved. Yeah. The darkness in their souls is far less than we have now. So it's, it doesn't matter if the Lord comes to you in, and sits on your bedside. If you don't have faith to believe his word, yes. ah, nothing. So let me, I'm going somewhere. So they've seen his works, all these things. And then they get to, let's read it, Exodus. Yes, Exodus chapter 14. Amen. Amen. So, after, so in verse 9, it says, The Egyptians pursued after them all the horses and the chariots of Pharaoh and his horsemen and his army and overtook them in Campasin by the seaside. And then when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were so afraid. And the children of Israel cried unto the Lord. Okay, so this is before they passed through the Red Sea. Sorry, I'm going somewhere else. So verse 15, they sing this wonderful, chapter 15, they sing this wonderful song unto the Lord. Miriam sings this song. And then at the first sign of discomfort, Let me, tell, let me say what's going on here. <laughs> when we give our lives to Christ in the 
new birth experience. That's the first, that's the introduction to salvation, right? Yes. There are several scriptures that allude to this, that in the book of Acts it says that, and then there was added to the church, them as such as should be saved. They were added to the church. So all these people just got born again, okay? Now, when you're saved, you are still in another world, functionally in your, so your, only your identity has changed. At the first sign of the Lord demanding that you are now under a different dispensation, where the food is different, the drink is different, the manner of the food coming is different. In fact, just before they crossed the Red Sea, they said, they said, have you taken us a way to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is this not the word that we did tell thee in Egypt? Leave us alone so we will serve the Egyptians. Can you imagine? They are lying. Maybe they did say this to him, but they're lying. Like, are you kidding me? Yet, oh, <laughs> he should have left you in Egypt that there are graves there. There's onions there, there's cucumbers, there's garlic, and there are graves there so that when we die, we can be buried properly. So at the first sign of discomfort, at the first sign of the change of food, at the first sign of change of order, complain. Say complain. 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 And that was the journey of complaining until only two of that company entered the promised land. What was the issue with the Israelites? The word that God gave Moses to speak to them, that I will bring you out of Egypt and I'll take you into the promised land that flows with milk and honey. It didn't mix with faith in them because they kept looking back. Faith is the attitude that presses forward onto the price and onto, onto the price of the high calling in God, of God in Christ, that presses on. How does the scripture say it? Press on toward the mark for the price of the high calling in God. Yes, in, in Christ Jesus. Faith is also the attitude of a person who believes onto the saving of the soul and does not turn back onto perdition. That turning back, you know what causes it? Forgetfulness and fear. Do you know why you have to hear, faith comes by hearing, is because we often forget what the Lord is saying. And when you forget what the Lord is saying, the hope cannot be, faith cannot rise, and the hope cannot be created. Do you know an example of somebody who didn't have faith? As the Lord brought a salvation program in the midst of his wrath coming down, his Lord's wife. They didn't even say, okay, it's not like only one thing. Don't look back. Only one thing. Do you know what faith is? Faith is that the Lord has brought salvation. And I don't understand where we are going. But I believe you because if, if you hear the sound, because she was hearing the sound, what makes you want to look back? 
You know that sure destruction is upon the people dwelling in this land. Because it's two worlds, right? The story of Lot and his, and his family being rescued from Sodom and Gomorrah is the story of a person who the Lord has brought salvation to in this world and wants to transport to another world. And he says, only one thing I require of you, trust me. Trust me that I will keep you and take you somewhere else and that you will not be destroyed. But don't look back because my soul will have no pleasure in him. My soul will not delight in someone who puts his hand on the plow and then takes it off. What was in Lot's wife's mind? I, I wonder. Because you can hear the sound and I'm sure that she could feel the heat. Because you can't tell me that sulfur and brimstone is falling. Or what, what was it that the Lord sent? The place was on fire. Yes, the place was on fire and you can hear hail coming from heaven. What causes a soul who is like this to be like, let me see. It's because she didn't want to go. Because the reality of this other place where the Lord promised was not in her. So how, how, how what's another way to, how, another way to say it is that the truth came that I'm taking you somewhere, but she received not the love of the truth. That's why when truth is coming, and it doesn't mix with faith. That's believing to the end. One will not profit. You will eventually look back and say, what happened? But see, looking back means stagnation. You will stand there forever. Yeah, that's what happened to her. Yeah. When I was younger, they used to joke that all this salt we eat is from Lot's <laughs> Flavor of Lot's wife's salt. But that's the attitude. That's, I mean, is that not it? Why am I listening week in, week out, year in, year out? Doctrine is coming to me, but I'm not moving forward. It's because I'm Lord's wife. I'm just there. But thank <laughs> yes, God forbid. But thank God that the Lord is having mercy. And he can save to the uttermost. And thank God we are not a, a literal Lord's wife who is a pillar of salt. That sometimes even when you stand, the Lord can still yank you. If, you, if the heart will rise in faith that no matter how far the lion has swallowed the lamb, that if there is something in the lamb that looks for the shepherd, that he will yank him out of the mouth of the lion. It's possible. It's possible. But we have to have what? Faith. We have to have an attitude that believes what the Lord is saying. It is faith that is the generator of hope. It is faith that's the generator of righteousness. And it is righteousness that causes a walk to happen out of the world into another world. Amen? Amen. 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 Let's look at Romans chapter 1. When I say that faith is the way we see. When we say worlds, like maybe I should use other, other words to describe it because you know, this thing is so interesting. Like when I say world, I'm also talking about image. I'm also talking about kingdom. I'm also talking about glory. 
so we are talking about all different kinds of things, but we're, and today we're just using the word world to describe it. Because when the scripture says that, we behold as in a glass the image, right? The glory of God, uh, yes. Where is that scripture? These people are saved at the back of, wow. Second Corinthians chapter three. So we behold with open face, as in a glass, the glory of the Lord, and we're changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the spirit of the Lord. If there's no faith in the heart, and the heart cannot be whole, because when you go, so the word is the perfect law of liberty, right, that we're looking to, and then you can be changed. But when there's no faith, and you go there, and it's blank, and you go there, and it's blank, why should I continue? I can't continue. Because the soul will get weary of something that's not actually profiting it. Another thing that keeps us bound in this world or this kingdom or with the image, the former image or the former conversation that we've had is because of the profiting we have in that place. We've profited there and we know how to profit with darkness. So when you're telling me I should be transported to another world but I see no profiting, yes, and I'm used to my former conversation, why should I change? I can't, amen. amen. So, so faith needs to be in the heart constantly. Do you know that it is by faith that the Holy Ghost can work inside a person? You don't know, maybe, I'm speaking too much English and I'm just saying fit, fit, like, okay, bring it, like, what are you really, really talking about? That your journey to becoming sons of God, they that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God, that that journey of being led by the Spirit of God, it can never happen without faith in the heart because it's impossible to please God, to hear God, to walk in him without faith. It's what? It's not that you can do it small. It's complete, like, you don't know God. God, that without faith, don't even try it. Don't even bother. Amen. Galatians, before we go to, I've been saying Romans since, right? Sorry. Let's just quickly see Galatians, what the Apostle Paul had to say. Amen. Amen. One of the pitfalls of faithlessness, because that, the scripture says in Hebrews chapter three, right, that, that they had an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. <laughs> One of the pitfalls, you know you can be trying to do things for God, but you're actually departing from him. Yeah. It's so funny, this Christian journey is so funny. It's so funny, you can be trying so hard to do things for God, but because the real thing that ought to be in the heart is not there, you actually be journeying away from him in your own understanding. 
But that's what the Bible calls darkened understanding, alienated from the, like, like the vanity of your mind trying to pursue God, though sincere, is futile. What did I say? Though sincere is futile. Faith, I love this. Faith is the substance. Kai, my husband calls it currency. It's the currency that fetches self from the savior for the eyes. When it says, come to me, because you're wretched, you're naked, you think you're clothed, you're blind, you think you can see that, come to me and I'll give you self. How are you going to come? He that cometh to me must believe. They that cometh to God must believe that he is. And that he is does not just mean he exists, because we've reduced it to that he exists. Must believe that he is the one speaking at this time. He that cometh to God must believe that he is the one speaking the things of the Father and the Son at this time. Because the degree of self that we're looking for is not just, oh, oh, um, like I was blind, now I see. No. It's for to see what the Lord is painting to a people at this time. And it's in the order of the word that he's speaking to those people at this time. So he that cometh to God for mercy, for grace, for I self must believe that he is. So, oh, where's the former scripture? That one in Ephesians that you just for me. Thank you. Amen. Are we being blessed? Yes. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Yes. No, no, no. The one with the blindness of the eyes. I think it's Ephesians. It's still Ephesians 4, but... Yes, thank you. Having the understanding darkened, right? So, when you are, you are in this world and you're trying to please God, in, you know, when you read the scriptures, right, and it's talking about that, don't please God through the works of the law, or don't please God, you know, trying to do it by yourself, but that we are justified by faith. Like the Bible says in Romans chapter 5 that having peace with God, no, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. What does that mean? When Paul is saying that, have you begun in the spirit and now made perfect by the flesh, what does that mean? It means that at one point, you were alive in the spirit, walking in the spirit, because you had faith. But then are you now going to be made perfect in the flesh? Let me use this to tie to some of the things I was saying last week. I know there's not a lot of time. I really want us to like dwell on the scriptures today, you know, to establish some things and make a case what the need for faith in the heart. But let me say something here. Maybe I said something like, um, I said different things on Wednesday. Uh, fellowship, okay? Fellowship is the response to God when your darkness is revealed, right? And you, in a moment, being able to work a work against the work that Satan has done that's keeping you in this world. Yes. If there's no faith in the heart, the heart will try to conjure up what it thinks the Lord wants it to do. Yes. Because of lack of understanding. And the understanding 
to collect, like the thing that changes Kai, it is faith that will bring understanding. It is faith that will convert that understanding to righteous works. Like it's just, it's just faith throughout. It's just faith throughout. So I hear something and then I'll try and figure out what they say. I said, for example, don't cover somebody's darkness. A soul that is wretched, where that word is not being with faith, but the first hearing is happening, but the second one is not happening. Somebody can take that. Somebody did something. Because whatever is not of faith is sin. And you go and start taking the matter, taking the matter, taking the matter. So you're causing more problem on top of problem. Does that make sense? Yes. You will not understand anything. Or for example, um, ah, this is a very good example. Should I use this example? They'll come for me that I'll be here again. You are here again. I say you are here again. <laughs> the issue of, ah, I have it, I have it, I have it. This one recently came to me. <laughs> well, the person that brought this to me, please forgive me. Kai, say faith. Shagana. Oh boy, it's good to get faith too. Because that's how you will live well. Okay. Somebody said to me, when I look in the company or the brethren, it seems that there's a situation where there are more people of the female species than the male. But I'm also hearing that the kind of person I ought to marry has to be a person of a certain caliber. Are you hearing me? Ah, all the single sisters are like, no ma, we know you. You heard. <laughs> Number one. Faith in the heart will misinterpret what the Lord is saying about your spouse with faith not being in the heart. Yes, because some people will hear, and maybe this is a good place to actually deal with this, like in front of everybody, under the permission and authority and subjection of my husband. <laughs> they didn't say you have to marry somebody who attends life meetings, or EGFM, or New and Living Way, or Love Seal, or whatever other place where the sounding, you know, this thing is being sounded from. Faith in the heart will let you hear what is being said. is that do you believe that what the Lord is saying pertaining to the salvation of men in this generation, do you believe that that's a real thing and that it's a real cause for life to order your life and it's a real tool to get you out of the snare of the fowler into the hand of God? Is it true? And then if you believe that, do you believe that God has a person that will fit into that, that pattern for your life? Like as a woman, 
as a woman, who will have a husband who is your head? Who, as I said that time, owns you? Who will not only lead you but your children and determine the course for what is called family, that family on the earth? That him being persuaded of God's dealing to men at this time is an important thing. Does that have anything to do with life meetings? No, actually, I want you to say no. The answer is no. But maybe because we are particularly, maybe say in the city of Ottawa, this is where you find yourself. But it doesn't matter. The thing that matters in your spouse is that when truth comes, will they respond and be persuaded by it? That is what they are saying. But when you don't have faith, there's no boys in life meeting, and this person is like, so. They say, I cannot. Nobody said that. Nobody has actually said that, and nobody will ever say that. I can never say that to you. Number two. Are you growing? Are the men here growing? So why don't you believe that? And it's not just here. Like, I was telling somebody the other day, I said, don't be deceived. Don't fool yourself. Was it Elisha that said, oh, God, it's only me. And God was like, we're calming down. I have like 7,000, not 70, not 17, not 170. He said 7,000, not 700. Men like you, because they are not shouting in, my, in, like in your face on your street does not mean. Can you not believe that the Lord can raise a man that you know not of? Are you Elohim? Are you the bringer of spouse? But lack of faith. And blindness of heart will just be seen. Uh, I don't like this guy. He's not my speck. He's not my type. He's not my this. This one is short. He's fat. He's tall. He's dark. He's okay. There's nobody to like marry in life meetings. Who said that? Number one, who makes that argument that you cannot marry this guy who is about to become an arrow in God's hand? But number two, because God is so merciful and He actually cares about our speck. Let me be very frank with you. God knows speck. Like me, as I'm standing here, I know I'm my husband's exact spec. <laughs> like, it's not, it's not, like exact, exact to the way my teeth are. High toe, hollow, shape, everything. Even accent is there. Exact spec. So don't think that the Lord knoweth not. Are you him? Do you know if he has 7,000 other men or women? But lack of faith will hear what it wants to hear. Are you seeing? Because the heart does not believe God. It lives by sight and not by faith. Faith says there are 7,000 other men. Or faith says, this is my brother. He may not yet be there, but he's something waiting to happen in the hand of God. That's faith. Sorry for those who might be offended by this. (laughs) But that is what? Because Faith will hear the first hearing, then it will hear what God is actually saying. Say, be full of faith. And hear what God is actually saying. Not what your darkness is saying. Yes. Because in this world where we, you know, souls find themselves, they're sounding constantly. That's the place where Doctrine of demons and seducing spirits thrive. They speak constantly and drown out the speaking of the Lord. 
But when the heart is full of faith, how do I know? How do I know that it, for this journey, you ought to be full of faith? It's because for anything you are doing that will count as service, and everything we do ought to count as service to God, yes, including this like, rather weird analogy of fighting a spouse. You know, Everything needs to be sounding in service to the Lord. There's a scripture, um, that's Romans chapter 12. There's a way they put in the message that my, my waking up, my sleeping, my going to work, my whatever I'm doing needs to be presented to God as a living, presented to God as a living sacrifice. Like that means service is going up in sacrifice, right? But a person that is like that, what are they? Like, they're like Stephen. They're full of wisdom. They're full of faith. And they're full of the Holy Ghost. They're what? They're full of wisdom, they're full of faith, and they're full of the Holy Ghost. Amen. So let's continue reading in this uh, Galatians. So he said, oh, I should just say this, just to complete my thought that I was having. When I said, for example, that departing, you know, trying to do things in the flesh and you think that you're doing God, a service where you're actually departing from because you're acting outside of faith. Let's use, let's see on this marriage analogy that I just brought up because I don't know why I used that particular one, but uh, there we go. <laughs> yes, I've come again. So now actually come, I've come again, I've come again. So I know that people will text me after and be like, stop it. <laughs> Someone is not your spouse. The Lord has not said anything, anything to you in convict, like convicting you or convincing you about the person. The Lord has not said, this is where I'm taking you. You know, in terms of revealing things to you about your future and the place in him he wants you to occupy. The Lord has not spoken to you about this woman and whether you can be a priest over her and present him to the Father, blameless, undefiled, spotless. The Lord has said nothing to you. You covet her emotions, her time, her life, and you waste it in an act of faithlessness. What do I mean? If you're here, and you have an exclusive thing with one sister or a brother, whom the Lord has not said is your spouse, even if he has, but has not given you permission to open yourself and awaken love, and you are secretly spending time and pouring in a way you ought to pour into a spouse, into that person, I announce to you today that you are not in faith. Harsh as it may sound, it's true. You're not in faith about that particular matter of your spouse. You are going in the flesh and trying to do what you perceive the Lord cannot do. What gives you a right to be holding a sister ransom who might be another brother's wife? What gives us the right to be holding to ransom a woman whom the Lord has not said is your spouse, who might be someone else's wife, and 
you are preventing her or him, in the case of sisters, from seeing the Lord. Number one, you are stealing them from God because the time of their life where they ought to be attending to the Lord without distraction so that they can actually have faith and grow, they spend all that time with you on the phone. And in the car, chatting after you give them a ride till 2 a.m., but we were just outside the house. I'm talking now. I'm giving them a ride. You know what faithlessness does? It will look for rules. And this is the line. They say, okay, don't cross it. It will find a way to be right on the line and not. So I don't do midnight calls, but when I give her a ride, I stay in the car till 2.30 a.m. But we are not in a relationship. If it smells like a relationship and it talks like a relationship and it looks like a relationship, it is a relationship. Here's a table. A table is for putting something on so that it will hold its weight. If tomorrow they came and said, we are no longer calling table table, that we are calling it light, does it change the function? Table is table, called by any other name. Relationship is relationship, called by any other name like friendship, sister, brother, brethren, cousin. Trust God and stop walking in the flesh as pertaining to your future spouse. Do you want to look back at your 20s and what you can recall about that time is spending time on the phone? That when they think of your, your 20s, what did you do? Okay, you attended meetings, this is what, so, in, so in, in, when they now talk about the time where you should spend time drinking Jesus so that you will change. When they say, okay, what did you do around the times of maybe like eight to 12, on a weeknight after you go back home, you've, you know, you've done all your, when you now finally settle down to be, when you look at that time week in, week out, all you can see is I was on the phone. Oh. You know, go good, oh. That's faithlessness. See that act alone is unbelief. Isn't it not unbelief? Abi, does this not make sense? Everybody's just looking at me like that. Is that not unbelief? Is that not saying that Jesus, you cannot find me a spouse? So let me let me quickly keep this one brother because there are not plenty of brothers in. Let me just let me just put him in my armpit. And then when you see another sister talking to him, you have to start doing b b b. You'll be monitoring the kind of hog, the manner of hog, the length of time of the hog, and whether that full front hog or side hog. You know, get faith. Is the Lord not your maker? You're going to be married for most of your life. It's better if you allow the Lord choose that man. Brothers, this year, do the right thing. Somebody said to me, I almost wanted to cry when she said it. She said, no, I, I know that I should be single and attending to the Lord, but when I look around, I see that each sister 
not Icho, because people are, the people that I'm talking about are not here. They're outside. It's not you people, okay? <laughs> people around me who were in the same company, learning the same things, I noticed that it's like everybody has one special person, even though they are not in a relationship. So I now said, let me too try and find my special person because it looks like it's hard to find. So when we're supposed to be members one of another, provoking onto good works and saying, bros, face Jesus, I'm keeping something that's even causing somebody else who is doing the right thing to now want to falter. Ah, uh, ah. Uh. Say it's not done. done. Can we walk in faith this year? Can we leave sisters who are not our wives alone? And brothers whom the Lord has not said are our husbands alone. I told this person, I said, can you dare to attend to the Lord without distraction this year? It's not that we are not growing. Not real, I'm talking about other people. <laughs> it's not that they are not growing. It's that things are not, the growth is not correct. Because the Lord requires, and the child will say, all. <laughs> all, say all. 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 <laughs> the information of your spouse, I don't need no spouse, and, Single on me day, please forgive me, oh, Pastor Jeff. Just have mercy on me. <laughs> that information is in your spirit. It's not on the phone. Get off the phone. Is what? Do you know a problem with this thing? Maybe, maybe I should deal with this because this is one thing that plagues young people. And they will keep saying, oh, they don't want me to marry. I have my husband and my children. <laughs> What's my business? <laughs> If I tell you something, is it, not because, is it not the love of God that constrains me to know that it's possible you won't want to be my friend again? I'd rather not lose my relationship with you and for you when, when you think of me for irritation to arise. I'd rather not want that and not tell you the truth. But let me tell you. <laughs> let me tell you. It's possible that that person you're on the phone with is your spouse. Okay? Because you, somebody might be here listening to me and they're like, oh, but in my heart I already know that this is person for me. To her, no problem. <laughs> when they say do things the right way and don't start to awaken affection and all these things before it's time, before the Lord actually sounds it and gives the go ahead. Look, when you get in a relationship or in marriage or whatever, you start to see weaknesses, flaws, um, inadequacies, shortcomings, even flags, red or green, orange, all color of flags begin to manifest. Okay. The Lord will give you, this is your spouse. Start engaging and doing, and then you start to see all these things. But because the Lord has said it, that's the backdrop for dealing with flaws and faults and things that you don't like. Because of the commitment and the hope based on faith that landed in your heart, the Lord said something, it mixed with faith, and he's painting a picture of your future with this person, flaws and all. But you're talking to a brother the Lord has not said he's your spouse. Let's say that's who you're supposed to marry. You start seeing his, as you say, quackerities, his inadequacies, things that, you, that make you angry. And you start to cancel yourself from him. You start to say, mm, no, this one. 
And number one, you can remove yourself from what the Lord actually wanted for you because you exposed some things before it's time. Or you lack the grace that's supposed to be able to deal with those things at a certain time. And you start to have bitterness, resentment, anger towards this person who's supposed to be the love of your life beforehand. Can you see how you've messed yourself up? Is that how you want to start a marriage? Is that how you want to start a marriage? The answer is no. Because before you start, you spoilt the marriage. Yes. When you are doing that with a sister, the wisdom she's supposed to get to deal with a husband in submission and reverence. She does not submit to you. She does not reverence you. So why won't she talk to you anyhow? And if she's talking to you anyhow before you marry, you think just because you gave her a ring, she will start respecting you and submitting to you? Nobody's answering me. No, no now. <laughs> Another thing. Sorry, I'm just, let me just flesh out this particular matter. Because when they say don't do this thing, people will not know why. They'll think, oh, it's just because you don't want me to be in love. You are not the fleshing out of the matters that are, of so much that is wrong with that program. People don't know. Okay, another problem with this issue. Women, say women. Women. Say women. Women. You know that women like to be appeased, right? The flesh of women marries things. So when somebody offends us, we love to be appeased until he apologizes this kind of way. This kind of, but you are demanding from a man whom the Lord has not given to be head over you to appease you in that kind of way, to do that with you. That's number one. Number two, if you are a wife, who, who like Sarah called Abraham Lord, who is, when they say she's full of strength and dignity and honor, that when somebody offends you, your husband offends you, that things inside you can rise. And instead of appeasement, you can look at the Lord and say, that's my man, I forgive. You, will not, you can't practice that. You are waiting for appeasement. He will write a long paragraph about how he did not mean to hug that sister, that it was not really full front hug, that his chest did not really hit her chest. That, <laughs> until they appease the flesh. So you are cheating yourself out of the cause of growth that's supposed to come to you, both in your courtship and your marriage, because you are not seeing the man how he ought to be seen, and the lady how she ought to be seen, as somebody that you dwell with with understanding, as somebody who is Lord over you. Do you see that there's so much wrong with situationship? Yes. And do you see how lack of faith will make somebody stay in a place that the Lord has not said they should be in? Unadefilam. Yes, Sorry, nobody's talking to me. Look, feelings will come and they may persist. But any feeling that's not acted upon will die unborn. There's no, like, you like somebody, no problem, but must you, must you out of lack of wisdom and lack of faith engage them when the Lord has not said so? No. Can we not believe God when he says that the thoughts I have for you are thoughts of good and not of evil to give you an expected end, including the spouse? Are we going to change this year and not do that situationship relational thing? Eh? All my time has gone. 
Did I say anything today? God. When I said that that information is in your spirit, it's because we're people who are led by the spirit. You want the day that the Lord wants to talk to you about that, your spouse, that you are in the spirit, not in the flesh. You want for the day that he, when he wants you to, like the information of your husband to sound, you are not there monitoring another guy whether he was giving full front hug. If we want to overcome, as the Bible says that this is the victory that overcomes even the world, overcome as he overcame, then we ought to keep his commandments. We ought also to walk as he walked, which is in faith. We ought to live hidden things of dishonesty. Say hidden things things of dishonesty. dishonesty. That behavior is a hidden thing of dishonesty because you come out in the open. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. We come, so we lift up holy hands. This world is empty, pale and poor. Your heart. The heart is keeping things. You say, empty, pale and poor, but your own world is full. It's bright and it's rich with things the Lord has not permitted. That's not faith. Believe the Lord about things he says. Believe the Lord when doctrine is coming because it will paint the way you ought to walk better. When things come, let faith rise. When doctrine is coming or revelation is coming, let faith rise because you will see it better. And it will more accurately interpret the walk for you. So that you don't have to do things in your flesh and with your own hand because you won't be pleasing God. You'll be pleasing yourself or pleasing a God that your mind created, but it's not the real God. Amen. Amen. We have to read this scripture in Romans. Time has gone. That's the end. But let's just read this in Romans. I'm really sorry for taking time on this matter. God should help me. Romans chapter 1 verse 16, we all know it. So maybe that should be our mantra for this year, that this year, everything that the Lord is saying will mix with faith in me. Yes. Do you know that it's faith in the heart that makes you believe even your, like, your brethren, what they say to you, like people who you know that this person has a walk with the Lord, they say something, do you know that it's faith needs to be in your heart to believe? It is also faith that believes that in the heart that makes you believe when somebody in authority over you says something. Because arguments will come in the heart. Say arguments will come. But faith responds to the Lord. Faith is the thing in the heart that recognizes the actual speakings of God. Yeah. And faith is the, what is it like, what is in our brains that when I want my leg to do this, it does that? I don't know what it's called in biology, but whatever that is, is faith. Yes. Whatever that is, that's faith. Transposed to the spirit. Yes. That when God says, let your leg do like this, it can actually move. That's faith that does that. Living a life of faith 
like I said at the beginning, that faith is believing because of meekness in the heart, believing all the Lord says and committing to his word. Faith is a commitment to the Lord in all seasons to his speakings as well. If a person is wondering what is the gap, I'm not growing, I'm not seeing righteousness. What's the, how does the scripture say it? You know, righteousness revealed from faith to faith. I'm not, I'm not going up into him in all things. I'm not being saved by grace through faith because they say grace is here. Yeah, it's a new season. Grace, like I said on Wednesday, right? It's a new door, new seasons, new graces are coming, new mercies, but I'm not experiencing it. Check the faith walk. Check the faith posture. Check the faith level. And faith can increase. Faith can what? Increase. Faith can increase. It is faith that makes fellowship happen. Both in communing with the Lord, because you have to trust that he will meet you when you commune with him. And it is faith that makes you choose him because an image is being painted before you. It is faith that makes you not choose yourself and choose the Lord. It is faith that makes you not keep your life and the things you like and see that there's a better calling and that there's another city, like Abraham said, that we have no continuing city. We wait for a city who has foundations, whose maker and builder is God. And that, the Bible calls him the father of faith. Look at that attitude. That if the Lord says to me at 99 that you can have a child, that's faith. And so what is it? Is it about, like whatever it is, both in the natural and the spirit that we want to touch, faith. About this issue of marriage that plays, because we are young, I don't, I, I don't want to mince words and act like, like it's not a thing that is a concern. But faith should answer that in the heart. Let faith continue to rise about that matter. The Lord knoweth. The Lord giveth. It's the Lord's business. Let me do what he has said I should do. Yes, faith is the answer to darts of the enemy. What does the Bible call it? Shield of faith against fiery darts because they are fiery. Because not only do they pierce, they burn. But faith, it will hit it, will, it will land on the floor. Faith. Faith is the, is the standard when the enemy comes against me like a flood. They call this something, but it's actually faith. Faith is the sustainer of the walk. Faith is the thing that makes charity possible at the end. And if we don't lend this preliminary faith, there's faith for everlasting life because faith is the, faith is the, is the currency with which you buy things in, in God's worlds. So what, what I've described today is actually faith of the son. That's because all these things about trusting God for, for spiritual things and even, yes, things in the natural, but in a different order, it's faith. So if we don't have the faith for this one, they're saying everlasting and eternal. Everlasting and which eternal? No. This is a lesson for Christ. The lesson to be learned for everlasting life and the lesson to be learned for eternal, those faiths, because the faith, right? Faith to faith. The righteousness of God is revealed from what? The righteousness of God is revealed from what? From faith to faith. Let's read it as we go 
Amen. Ooh, we got to go. Sorry. So verse 16. I'm, let's read it together. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just that shall live by faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Amen. Amen. Let's just begin to thank God. Let's ask God that in whatever way I'm not prospering in this faith of the Son, Paul said that the life that I live now, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That whatever way I'm not in faith, help me, help me. Let faith rise this year. Let it be on the increase. Increase my faith. Increase me so I can walk properly, so I can see properly, so I can hear properly, so that the hope of the image of that son of God and his world and his kingdom will be accurately painted to me. Mashagante, Evananda Calibresto, Onevane, Yenavato, Enegante, Mande, Sesela Branto, Colivanda Caleste, Managata. Help me, help me, help me. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for this afternoon. We thank you for everything that has been said. We thank you because you are the giver of faith. That man cried to you. He said, I believe, but help my unbelief. In every way that we've not believed as we ought to, we ask that you will help faith to rise in our hearts this year. That faith will mix with every word that is coming so that we'll profit by it in the name of Jesus. We pray that faith will change the ground of our hearts, that when you sow seed, it will find good ground and it will flourish and bring fruit unto you in the name of Jesus. We ask this year, Father, that you will help us to believe you to the end, that when other thoughts and arguments want to rise, fears, thoughts of fear, thoughts of weaknesses, thoughts of even being in bondage, that faith will rise in the heart again, Amen. that we will hear and we will hear twice Amen. in the name of Jesus, that this year, more than ever before, we will actually hear the word of God and will be increased in the name of Jesus. We ask God that whatever thing has not been said properly, you will help us. Let let the Spirit of God breathe on the Word, Father, and let Him interpret as it ought to be understood in the hearts in the name of Jesus. We thank you for this season that we've had. We, we thank you because this year, this year, we will mark change in the name of Jesus. This year, our sisters will see us, our brothers will see us, and they'll say, you have changed, and it will be to the credit of heaven and your son and your host. We thank you, Father. We give you praise. In Jesus' name we pray. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the 